Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for listening to this intro of the Chaos Plan. This is going to be one of many introductions that we do as kind of a teaser to the Chaos Plan games. These will be released as part of the normal homebrew review podcast to help listeners kind of get attached to some of the characters that are going to be taking part in the Chaos Plan. If you would like to hear the actual games where groups are involved, visit our Patreon page and sign up. Uh, You gain access to it for just a dollar. It's going to definitely be worth it. And if you want to actually take part in a game for $2 a month, you can take part and are guaranteed a spot in at least one game. You'll at least get one introduction and one group game. So if you have groups of friends that want to all get together and do an actual podcast game in a little bit more structured setting than the homebrew review, this would be the place to do that. And if your group of friends has a time that they regularly meet and you would like to continue with the chaos plan, we would be more than happy to try and accommodate that as best as we can. We have an Obsidian Portal account set up so that you can keep track of your characters and events that have happened within the game, and we will hopefully be keeping that current as we continue on. I really hope that you enjoy listening to this, and hopefully we will continue to hear from you guys and see you on our Patreon soon. All right. We are going to go ahead and pick up with Mike, who you have heard on the Homebrew Review podcast. Uh, He is going to be playing a fun character based a little bit off of Indiana Jones, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, We will go ahead and get started. Mike, go ahead and explain a little bit about your character. Uh, Barnaby is a gnome seeker. I chose with the seeker to go into the relic hunter class, and I am using the background created by Manuel Joquin and Chris Kahn, the professor background. I'm Indiana Jones. So basically, my purpose is to utilize both martial and intellectual prowess to delve through dungeons and discover great treasures, bring them back to the academy where my parents actually work, and my fiance. And when you read my history, you'll find out that my fiance was once one of my students. <laughs> that from there and get started. All right. We will go ahead and start. So a little bit about that uh, gift that you were given from your fiance. Uh, Correct, it is, yeah. Yeah, it is basically uh, Indiana Jones style hat is kind of what uh, was being pictured. And it will re it will allow you to re-roll uh, a roll once per short rest uh, of your choosing. And also, you will always know whether or where the surface is, up or down, and which direction is north. So everybody listening, please keep that in mind while we go through this. It's going to come in handy. Exactly. Because, because Mike gets lost a lot. <laughs> All right. Bart- Bartaby always knows where he's going. Exactly. A wizard is never lost. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Different movie, different movie. Different franchise. <laughs> All right, where we are starting, you are exploring the ruins uh, that go down into the Dark Bellows, which is my version of the Underdark. You are on the island of, or the Isle of Thalos, and you are underneath Shard Academy. 
which in history long past is where shard mines, who I'm sure anybody that is familiar with uh, other games knows are large hulking crystal creatures. In my world, they are a little bit different. They are more along the lines of elementals or golems, but they have their own sentience. They are still considered large, but they are much more refined and humanoid in appearance than a normal, very bulky, rocky shard mind would be. So these are uh, very intelligent creatures, very versed in magic. But they originally burst through the surface on the Isle of Thalos, and a large magic academy slash training facility was built above it to keep any occur incursions uh, of the Dark Bellows from coming through without prior notice. So there are a ton of ruins, miles and miles of endless passages that all cut below the ocean floor. And you would be roughly as close to your estimations uh, are about four levels down with a small team of archaeologists uncovering these mysterious dwarven ruins that an earthquake uh, broke passage into. So a previously sealed off cavern uh, was just opened up and allowed passage through. So you would be leading a small team through. So as you enter into this very large chamber, it's a very open chamber. There's a little bit of light coming through, which you can only begin to think of as quartz shards or something, some other clear crystal that sticks up through the bottom of this stone cavern and some of the light that comes through the ocean or the sea or lake, you're not exactly sure which uh, area you're under, but you can kind of see a little bit of light coming through. A very large open chamber, rocky in appearance, rough hewn. Um, also, there are a few pillars, very dwarven in style. Uh, and four separate tunnels leading off to them. One to the north, one to the east, one to the south, and the one you came through to the west. Which direction would you travel? Well, since I always know where direction is north, let's go north. All right. You go down the north passage here. You go down this north tunnel and you end up in kind of a museum of sorts. Uh, there's all sorts of strangely aesthetically pleasing relics. Like all of these, like covered in dust, obviously, but they're all very artistic, for lack of a better term. None of them seem to be super functional. Uh, you see a couple of glaives on the walls, but they're gem studded. Uh, you find a sword that appears to be made of gold, uh, which, as you know, is a very soft metal and not exactly suited to, bat to battle. Um, right. But you, uh, all of these appear to be very shiny, very aesthetically pleasing, almost like a museum or an art gallery in nature uh, in this chamber. Uh, other than that, all you see is a massive archway to the west. Archway to the west. So I will uh, <clears throat> address the crew of uh, archaeologists that's with me. Oh my, would you look at these fantastic relics from an empire long gone. Fantastic. At some point we'll have to come back, catalog these and bring them back. Did you know that I... And then I'll ramble into a silly story and <laughs> one of them will kind of nudge me forward. <laughs> For sure. It's like to tell a story. Uh, let's proceed west into the archway. Yes, very much. Uh, as they kind of push you forward, they say, we'll we'll go ahead and take care of these here, Professor. Go ahead and, and just keep exploring. We'll catch up. And so as you go underneath that archway, all of a sudden you, you step 
underneath of it directly, and you feel almost a snap, as if is some sort of effect just all of a sudden released, and a great shaking begins to happen, and you dive forward right as the tunnel behind you collapses. The My heavens, I've been in this situation before. Exactly. Uh, you almost see that large sloping tunnel next to you, you know, with the round boulders start rolling down. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now you, you, you feel the shaking and the shuddering as the tunnel behind you collapses. And after a few moments, uh, not very long, though it seems longer to you, uh, everything goes still. And you hear a muffled sound uh, behind you say, Professor, are you okay? I'm fine. Not they, for sure what triggered that, but yes, I'm fine. We're not sure either, but we're going to try and find another way out as the main tunnel that we tried to get through also collapsed, but another door seems to have opened. And as you look around the hall around you, you see that there is also a, a single archway, basically. Not uh, a carved archway, but kind of a natural cavern-type uh, uh, tunnel leading out to the south uh, in your room that you did not notice right as the shaking started to happen. Mm, okay. So, so well, and uh, according to my backstory, or those who haven't heard it or read it, Barnaby took an expedition of archaeology students into a ruins. They chose not to heed his warnings, and they perished as a result of it. He carries this guilt with him quite a bit, and so in this situation, Barnaby himself is almost kind of like a high level of anxiety about having them be separated from him. Oh no, not again kind of a moment for him. So he will emphatically remind them be cautious, check every five steps, always be on the lookout. Whatever you do, be safe. Alright, yeah, they would very much heed your warning uh, having known a little bit about your background themselves. And uh, they, they would definitely heed your warning and take it very cautiously. As you kind of look around this room, there is, of course, that one single exit, that natural tunnel going out of here. Uh, you do notice that there appears to be, after the dust has settled a little bit, a large map on one of the walls. And it depicts the Isle of Thalos, but it is definitely predating the shift. And the shift, you would know, is when magic and technology clashed. When the technology of the period stretched too far and magic returned to the world and everything went haywire, uh, you would definitely be able to tell that this is a very, very ancient map and made of 100% actual paper, not not parchment, not um, anything like that, like mass-produced paper of the time, which has just now been able to be reproduced. Hmm. I'll pull out my journal and start notating these things that we may need to come back and take a look at. Obviously, this is probably too big for me to carry with me, right? Yeah, this and is uh, 20 foot long, 10 foot high. Yeah. I would also run the risk of damaging in the process, and I could never bring myself to that. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, notate that in my journal, and then I will take a look uh, south. Can I go and, like, also, like uh, we mentioned earlier, I've got uh, bonus action of searching the rooms. So, oh, yeah. would that just be, like, an investigation check? Uh, yeah, I would go either investigation or perception, uh, kind of whichever you were looking for, either large scale or uh, small scale. Okay. 
I've got the better score in investigation, and making having it be a bonus action just means I can kind of like as I'm moving through the room, just constantly keeping it kind of purveying the uh, the area. Mm-hmm. So we'll get uh, that'll be a thirteen to check out and see if there's anything useful or indicative of how I can get out of here better. Okay, other than that, um, other than the large map, all you would really see uh, are some loose stones uh, definitely fell around the room. Um, nothing that really indicates that this uh, of any importance, um, but this uh, the tunnel leading out is naturally formed uh, more than built like the rest of the room. So you're not sure exactly if this tunnel predates the construction or if it was unfinished. Uh, other than that, uh, you know that the the fastenings uh, of this uh, paper to the wall are made of brass. Uh, it seems to be all tacks uh, or, or, yeah, tacks basically for lack of a better term. Uh, were hand hammered in, and they are made of solid brass. And uh, there appears to be some uh, almost like sticky things. Uh, what were once like sticky flags or whatever that may have once been on the map to designate locations, uh, but they have since fallen to the ground at the foot of the map. Ancient post-it notes. Basically, yes. All right. Okay, I will proceed south. All right, you proceed through this naturally formed cavern, and as you continue through, you get the the whiff of long dead, um, dusty remains. Something that you would have been familiar with in uh, anything with mummies or with uh, entombed great figures, anything like that. You get the 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 whiff of long dead stuff coming down this long hallway as it snakes around. And after about 30 or 40 feet, you see a large opening uh, open up in front of you. Okay, large opening. Uh, I will do my best to make a stealth check into the area. Things are things may smell dead, but you never know in a place like this. Exactly. Only a plus one to my stealth, but I get a 17. 17, not too bad. Let me roll against that. Now that that gives away there's something in this room to roll against. <laughs> Metagame, just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, the you enter into this large chamber and you see there are a number of sarcophagi um, kind of set into little indents in the room, and you notice that they are all of dwarven make and a large rock, not quite a boulder, but a very large stone seems to have cracked the lid of one of them. And as you approach, uh, you see what appears to be a zombie, for lack of a better term, a corpse that has not decayed, but has not yet risen. Uh, You would definitely recognize there's a lot of strange runic text um, on wrappings around this creature's eyes. Its lips are sewn shut. Uh, Its arms are crossed over a battle axe that is on its chest, Um, but it has not uh, risen. Hmm. Well, on the off chance that it could rise, I'd like to continue my stealth and move through this passage. And on the way through, take a take a search. Okay, yeah. With um, 19. All right. You know that this battle axe is, while it is ancient, uh, it has not suffered any decay of the years that you would normally expect. Uh, it appears to be a very superior craftsmanship. Um, standard great axe, double-headed, uh, two-handed. Uh, made of some material you're not sure without brushing the dust off. Uh, other than that, you don't see really anything other than four passages 
uh, or three passages, one including the one you just came out of, also all in the four cardinal directions, northeast, south, and uh, west. Hmm. All right, let's go south. All right, you continue in a straight line south, uh, passing through uh, this chamber, and as you continue through, go ahead, uh, your passive perception is a 14, so that is, is enough to notice that there is a tile slightly raised, and right before you put your foot on it, you notice it and stop. Uh, this, ah. yes, this tile that is raised does have what you, what languages do you speak? I do common, gnome, dwarven, and elven. All right. As you can read dwarvish, uh, you are very easily able to see the symbol uh, or the writing for arrows uh, written on this tile. So you're pretty sure after some looking around, you are able to spot the little holes in the wall on the other side. Uh, You're pretty sure if you were to step on this tile that a bunch of arrows or bolts would come shooting through the wall. Uh, So you, yeah, so you are very easily able to avoid that. Uh, and we sidestep that. <laughs> exactly. As you sidestep that, though, you do hear from behind you the sound of a large stone hitting the ground. Oh, did it just, like, fall from the previous shake? You're not sure if it's uh, fell from the previous shake or if it was the top of the sarcophagus uh, from the room behind oh. you. Because while the Draugar had not yet risen, it had definitely uh, been disturbed. All right, well, on the off chance that it's coming at me, I will pull my shield from the sling and ready it and grab my whip, and I will stand firm and kind of like lean into the wall, duck down, and just observe for a moment, keeping quiet. All right, as you stand there and observe, you do see rising out of that sarcophagi, the Draugar begins to move in your direction. Uh, oh, drat. Yes, uh, I'm assuming you do keep the trap in between you and it, correct? Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Let me see what their health is on this. Uh, all right. How close would you let it get uh, to the step or be, to the trap before uh, you attacked? Or would you wait until it stepped on it? Um, as part of that investigation, like how wide are the arrow slots that are going to come flying out? I would obviously want to stand far enough back to not get caught in them. Yeah. They but have... my whip does have reach, so I can hit from 10 feet back. So... Yeah, uh, for mechanics sake, they would be a five-foot section, but uh, in real terms, it would be basically, as soon as you stepped on that, that one-foot section would just blast with arrows. Uh, So just standing right on the other side of it, five-foot would still allow you to hit, or even ten-foot back would still allow you to hit when it hit that, um, but they would be pelted with arrows. Yeah, so I'll just, if he's coming at me, I'll just go ahead and stand directly opposite that plate and ready the whip so that when he steps on it, I'll just go ahead and strike. All right, so uh, he approaches. Go ahead and roll initiative, and we'll see who goes first. Um, That's seven plus one for eight. Okay, and that was a three plus Not zero for so a three. Good. <laughs> oh, hey, it was fantastic. Exactly, exactly. My lucky hat is bringing the luck today. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and roll for that deck save as it steps on that pressure plate. Uh, That definitely failed. Uh, That was a 9 plus 0. So it is going to take... It took 12 points of damage. So it is almost bloody. Uh, Go ahead and make your attack. It just took all of those arrows. Alright, so I got myself my fancy Indiana Jones whip. Uh, That is 14 plus 4 for 18. Yes, that hits. Alright, and a d4 plus 2. 
Uh, so <laughs> four damage. Um, I'm not a hardcore killer. Uh, I will then go ahead and... Uh, speed, did it seem like it was moving? Was it shambling, or was it moving at a pretty good rate? It was moving at about what you would expect a dwarf to move at. Maybe a little bit jerky, but basic, same basic speed. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and back up at the same rate, basically, so that hopefully this way, if it's going to come to me, it's going to have to like make a double move or something like that. Exactly. Um, so staying just but at the same time, like with a bonus action, kind of like doing that search as a bonus action, making sure that I don't fall into any other traps along the way. That's a natural one. <laughs> oh no! Uh, obviously, I'm so preoccupied with a zombie coming at me that uh, even my attempt to search is a little uh, what's that? What's that? Convoluted. So. Exactly. All yeah. right. So I'll, I'll back up uh, twenty feet. We'll say. All right. You back up twenty feet, and you are able to kind of get past this um, tunnel a little bit into the beginnings of the next chamber, um, but nothing else happens. This uh, Draugar zombie, as it gets closer to you, it seems to grow in size, and it swings its great axe down at you. Uh, That is a 14 plus 4 for an 18 as well. That will hit me by 1. Alright, and it deals... Ouch! Uh, That does... Let's see here... Uh, I never like when the DM says ouch. Yeah, exactly. That does nine points of damage to you, and I need a strength saving throw. Oh, my. All right, let's try a different die for this. (laughs) Plus two. Uh, That'll be 13. 13. That is just enough that you are able to withstand it. I was trying to hit you to the ground with that that strike, Uh, but you are able to resist uh, being forced to the ground. That is no good. Not at all. All right. That was a pretty solid hit. Um, I don't know if I want to take a chance to continue going in combat. I mean, obviously, you said that it was—it it looked like it took quite a bit of damage from those arrows, and then I hit it for a little bit. Correct. Um, it is beyond well, bloodied feel- at this point, um, but you're not exactly sure what that margin was. Hmm. I wonder if I would feel confident in my combat skills with the whip to continue combat or just try to like put some distance between the two of us and if you would like to do a bonus action search first um you're welcome to do that to try and see if there's any more traps or anything any tools absolutely in the area. uh 18 plus 5 23 18 uh you do nice. notice in a very indiana jones fashion that there is a decorative dagger on the east wall that when pulled you're pretty sure triggers some sort of spike trap uh right in front of it so if you're kind of off to the side, you would be able to pull on that dagger when it gets there and stab it through with a ton of spikes or something that shoots through the floor. You know, I want to add a little bit of a flair to this. I'd like to, instead of standing, because I'm short, so I'd have to be like right up on it. <laughs> where I like, and like grab that dagger and with the whip and kind of yank it out. All right, sounds good. So I'll position myself to do that and give him a slight taunt. Come on, yeah whatever the hell you are. <laughs> All right. Uh, it will make an opportunity attack against you if you break out of range, though. Okay. I do, uh, as Tomb Raider, I do have opportunity attacks against me are at disadvantage. All right. Let me roll that and see what happens. <laughs> uh, the highest of that was a five, uh, and that was yes. with the plus four, so a natural one. All right. <laughs> All right. So you're easily able to back out of the way of that and get 10 feet away from that dagger. Right as it closes on you, you whip that dagger out of the way, and let me do a deck save for it. 
Um, let's see, dex plus zero. So no, that will not pass with a mm, with an eleven. So it gets hit with that uh, stabbing of the spikes from underneath, and it will take seven points of damage. It is now barely hanging on to its undead existence. All right. All right. What would you like to do? It is now your turn. Uh, I, I assume that we're still close enough, because I was close enough to, to hit that dagger. I assume I'm probably close enough to to strike at him again with 10 feet. Yes. Uh, yep, let's go ahead and do that. Now that it's taken another round of damage. Um... That's a nine. Before you tell me whether that hits or not, or actually, uh, the special gift from Chloe, my my ex fiance. Sadly, we broke up. That's actually when she gave me the hat, listeners. So be very sad for for a lonely gnome. Uh, but the hat actually gives me the opportunity to reroll once per short rest. Now, is that something, Bob, that I can I can know the result of and then reroll, or do I need to make that choice beforehand? As long as I don't announce whether it hits or misses, you're welcome to reroll. Of a quick nod to you know. Quick nod to Chloe and re- relive those good times as I swing. And 16 plus 420. That is, uh, yeah, that is more than enough. You hit. All right, so damage is a default. Plus two. Hey, six damage. All right, that is a more than enough to kill it. As your Thank whip God. strikes out, it catches it just square in the forehead, and it's already partially decayed body. The head severs from the neck and it falls to the ground with a clatter. Wow, that's gross. Very much so. As it falls, its paper-like skin, since it's so old, just kind of disintegrates and you're left with nothing but a pile of bones, armor, and great axe on the ground. Hmm. I imagine I've got a good strength, but that great axe would probably be unwieldy for me to tote around here, so... I will again notate in my journal that uh, this interesting relic is in this particular... I'm actually keeping a little bit of a map myself here, so I'll write Axe in the <laughs> hallway. And uh, uh, take a moment. I'll, I'll take a breather real quick and listen in to see if the Calamity has attracted any more uh, listeners and any more danger. Yeah, go ahead and give me a perception check. Um, 8 plus 412. Alright, you don't notice anything uh, distinctly around you. Uh, You do notice that around you, while there is dust in this area, it is all completely settled, so this is not an area that has received much traffic, if any, at all uh, compared to the earlier section with the cave-in. And the entire area appears very uh, sturdy. Um, You do also see kind of a winding stone-carved staircase going up uh, on one of the walls. Other than that, uh, there's another almost identical dagger on the other wall, as well as not necessarily an altar, but kind of a table or something on uh, the wall in between the two uh, that doesn't seem to hold anything. It just appears to be a can- concrete slab, almost a table. Hmm. All right. First things first, I'm going to cast. I'm going to check False Life and see what the time is on it. All right, so False Life is a one-hour duration spell, so I'm going to cast that. Uh, So let's see here. Bolstering yourself with Necromantic Facsimile of Life. You gain 1d4 plus 4 temporary hit points. Uh, 2 plus 4, 6. Okay, so, and I, you mentioned the dagger. I Can I get to the other dagger and pick it up and go ahead and tote it away? All right, as you pick up the other dagger, give me a dexterity save. 
Oh, no, no, the one that I had pulled with the whip. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. As, as now that that, trip, that trap has been triggered, I'll go ahead and, and snag that one and tote it away. Yep, as you look at it, it is very pretty, very or- ornamental, but definitely not for fight. Yeah, like most of my friends. <laughs> um, um, all right, so now I will move over to that. You said that stone slab, it looked like it was simply there just for storage. Yeah, just kind of an, uh, this room you appeared from the, let's see, you came from the south. So you came in um, uh, from the north on this chamber or whatever, uh, the the passageway on either wall, east and west, would be a uh, dagger kind of ornamentally hung on the wall. And then directly across from where you entered, there is a stone slab, and behind that, a staircase leading up. Ooh, okay. Well, just on the off chance that I have to run back through this room. Actually, well, I'm going to investigate that dagger and see if it's uh, if it's another trap. I assume that it is. And that'll be a 23. Yeah, it is definitely another trap. Uh, if I'm you... not going to disturb it unless yeah. I need to use it to kite somebody else back through. <laughs> I'll notate that in my journal, and then I will uh, cautiously move to the stairs. All right, you cautiously move to the stairs, and your passive perception is enough to see that the about every fourth or fifth step seems to be trapped with a mechanism that will almost fold these stairs down into a slide. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be terrible. Yes, it would. So you are able to very easily maneuver your way up that staircase to the level above. I just want to point out the difficulty for a gnome to take double steps. That's some true athleticism there. Exactly. Well, these are dwarves, so the stairs wouldn't be too far, but a little bit big for you. All right. So moving forward. All right. So you get up to the staircase, and the air here seems to be a little bit lighter, a little bit less musty. Uh, so you're definitely getting closer to the surface. Um, you believe you're on level quote-unquote three um, compared to the level below, and this third level is a lot less inhabited, much or inhabited by monsters and other things, much more explored than the level below. Um, okay. So, you know, every level that you move up, there's a better chance of finding a way out. Okay, and also probably not encountering danger. Exactly, yes. You're still in Dwarven Ruins, but not necessarily as dangerous Dwarven Ruins. Okay. So you go through this next chamber, and you see that this must have been some sort of sleeping quarters, barracks, something along those lines. There's notches cut in the walls, but less like sarcophagi and more like beds. Uh, And you see at the foot of each of those bunks, for lack of a better term, cut to the walls, there is a small nook where a chest would have been kept. Most of these chests have long since decayed, and there's nothing really left of them, but there are two that seem to almost have a shimmer about them, as if the dust has never touched them. Hmm. Um, well, one of my prepared spells from the Seeker class is Detect Magic. I'm gonna give that a shot. Both very much glow. They seem to have a abjuration spell wrought upon them. Abjuration. And using my knowledge arcana of a 14 plus plus 5, so 19, uh, what could I discern from that? Like, what abjuration are we talking, uh, because actually I don't recall exactly what the specifics of abjuration are, Yeah, but Barnaby knows things. <laughs> yeah, abjuration would be wards and the like, so you would know that these would be wards to keep everything within it protected, uh, as well as a minor locking spell on it. Nothing too terrible, but um, magically held as opposed to a physical key. 
Barnaby does know some of his limits, and one of those limits is he can't dispel or break traps. And being alone by himself, pretty confident that it might be more of a risk to try to open these two, so I'll notate that in the journal and proceed on. All right. As you proceed on, uh, of course, there's another uh, doorway on the other side, a long-since-decayed wooden door, and you are easily able to open that, uh, though it was once locked. And as you go through, you see that there is a slowly ascending tunnel once again going up, and then there is another tunnel that seems to go past that on the exact same level, continuing in that same direction back towards basically where your team would have been, but one level above. Um, can I make this a straight intelligence Um, using... I don't know if my archaeology textbook would help me determine which path would be the best way to go. Would you like just a straight intelligence check? You could either do history, if you would like, or survival, one of the two. Uh, let's go history, because I have a good bonus to that. Uh, seven plus five, only twelve. I'm not that familiar with these type of rooms. Not terribly, but you would know enough to know that typically the barracks would have been positioned near a defensible location. Um, So being as that was a main museum hall type area with lots of very valuable artifacts, um, they would probably have a quick route to get. um, But you would also know that as a defensible position, they would probably have access to lots of different levels. uh, So either one would be a good choice. Okay. Uh, Tunnel that would lead me to where the group had been. Alright, you go down that tunnel, and go ahead and give me a dexterity save, as your uh, passive perception was not quite enough. Okay, so, uh, yes, that's a 17 for the roll. Okay, you are able to jump out of the way just as the floor below you begins to break, and a stone facade almost crumbles down, and you hear a shouting below you as you see your team one floor below Uh, trying to make its way through a passageway that seems to be sealed by a stone door. Oh. How far down is it? One floor. So about, uh, well, these are larger caverns, so I'm going to say 15 to 20 feet. Okay. Is there anything near me that I could fashion my 50 feet of rope to to help them climb up to me? Uh, Kind of, yes. But you do see, actually, in front of you, there appears to be a gate valve. Uh, a large wheel-type valve that you could turn uh, and have some effect happen. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> all right. You start tur- Even I know that I could make a check, but at this point, again, that anxiety of getting the team out alive is a big thing for me. So definitely, I will uh, throw caution to the wind and run up and turn the valve. Exactly. As you start turning that valve, you hear a whoosh of air, some sort of pressure that is being released, and that stone door slowly begins to rise into the wall above that passage, and your team okay. shouts for joy as they run through. Okay. And you said 15, 20 feet. Um, would I be making an athletics check to jump down? Yes, you could, but the second you let go of that valve, it begins oh. to close below you. Oh. How much time do I estimate? I'll make an intelligence check. Uh, that's 7 plus... 310. How many rounds do I have before that closes? A round and a half. I'll call it two rounds to be nice. Let's see here. So I need to go, I need to jump down, make the athletics check, and then dash. Correct. With, you, my, with my keen intellect, do I believe that I could make? If you made a successful acrobatics check, you could definitely make it uh, with taking damage. 
If you failed on the athletics check and landed badly, you would not. All right. Well, I have decided that I will not try to join the group, but I will, before that door closes, shout to them, Stay vigilant, lads, I'm on the way! All right, after you close that valve for the second time, you go back to that room that you were in in the barracks, and there's only the path going up. I'll move at half speed, and... Well, I guess we already talked about the less chances of, uh, of encounters and the more cleared areas. So I'll go ahead and move with haste at normal speed. All right, you continue moving up that next passage, and once again, as you crest to the bu- to the top of this, you see a large room filled with sarcophagi, and one of them appears to have been moved out of the way long ago, but there are several others around the room. Hmm. All right, well, let's stealth through. I'm going to do a quick investigation as a bonus action. Uh, seven in five, what's it? 22. All right, and what... Yeah, what would you be investigating? Um, Looking for the stone plates, specifically, that have kind of shown up around this place so that I know not to step on them. Um, I am going to be stealthing through just in case. You don't see any uh, plates necessarily, but you do seem to notice there appears to be some sort of mechanism on the far door. Um, not necessarily a trap, might be a lock. You'd have to get a lot closer to figure it out, but there does appear to be some sort of device on the door to slow your progress on the far side of the room. Some of them might make some noise, and if there's anything in these sarcophagi, wake them up. A reasonable uh, assumption. Yeah. All right, well, I will stealth across the room with a 9 plus 1 for a 10. All right, yes, you are able to stealth across as the uh, undead uh, are fairly hard to wake, and you make it across to that door. You notice that this door has a symbol of a a bunch of ruins, or excuse me, runes, not ruins, runes on it uh, that all depict strange words um, singularly, but nothing coherent. Um, and what words might they be? I can read this in Dwarven, correct? Oh, yes, uh, you speak Dwarven. Uh, so you notice that one rune appears to be out of place uh, in a sentence-type structure that says open, essentially. It says this door will open, and you see that one of them seems to be misplaced in this large, almost uh, puzzle-esque manner, so you're able to kind of slide stones around. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> let's make an intelligence check. I uh, had a 16 plus intelligence of 3, uh, just to kind of make sure that I move it in the right order, not slip up and make two. Also, I want to try to go as quietly as possible. I don't know how, how much chance I really have of that, considering these are stone stone on stone. There's going to be some grinding. But do it as carefully as possible. Yeah, you're able to very slowly slide everything into place, and as it does, there is a very loud shuddering noise as this door slowly <laughs> <course> begins. <laughs> exactly, yes. The stones move silently, but the door does not. Um, <laughs> so as this door begins to slowly open, you see all these sarcophagi lids being thrown aside as all these draugar get out. You jump through the doors... Yes, you jump through the door as soon as you're able to, and you notice that there are identical runes on the wall on the other side. Would you try to ship them to shut the door? 
Absolutely. All right, you shift them, and the door slowly begins to close. I need, uh, I'm going to make three attack rolls against you with their javelins as they throw them through the door after you. Ooh. One hits. Uh, the other two do not, believe it or not. Highest was a 14, uh, other than the one 19 plus four. You take five points of piercing damage from it. Uh, as that javelin slices cleanly into your arm, but the door very quickly slams shut and they are unable to pursue you. Alright. Well, my false life took care of that, so it's good. Alright, we'll take a breath and tie off something on the wound and and continue moving forward. Alright. As you continue on, uh, you get to a very large, grand room. Intricately carved scenes cover the walls, depicting glories of long that are long lost to history. Towering statues reach towards the sky, painted on the decorated ceiling. In the center of the room is an altar glowing with an otherworldly light. As you near it, a large glowing gem seems to hum to life. And across the room, there are a set of masterfully engraved doors. They seem to be sealed with magic or some other supernatural force. Hmm. Uh, keeping my distance, but trying to investigate the, the gem. Uh, 11 plus 5 for 16. 16. You are very easily able to tell that it is definitely charged with some sort of magic, of which type you're not sure, but there is something about it that seems to be holding these doors closed almost. Hmm. Would my detect magic still be up from before? No, it only lasts uh, ten minutes, I think. Okay. I wasn't for sure how long we had been traveling through here. Yeah, probably a little bit more than half an hour or so. Hmm. Well, yeah. And I have Featherfall and Jump still prepared on my list, so... um. Well, my first thought is that this gym would somehow open the doors. My second thought is this gym is trapped, and I will die. <laughs> so, um, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Is there anything on the uh, on the mural on the ceiling that would help me kind of determine what the right choice would be? Go ahead and roll me uh, some sort of knowledge check, however you can justify it to me. Let's see here. It is a mural of the skies. Of the skies? Correct. Well. And I'm going to go ahead, it doesn't specify, but I'm going to say of the night sky uh, to give this a little bit of flavor. So stars and whatnot above you. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I feel like at the very least it would be a straight intelligence check. Survival kind of comes to mind, but I feel like not so much investigation. I don't know. Would Arcana apply at all? Yeah, you could do an Arcana as well. Okay. So, oh, it was on a 17. It rolled over 10. Uh, 15. 15. That's still enough to know that this starscape is not one you're familiar with. You don't recognize any of these constellations uh, at all. This is a very strange starscape. You're not sure if that is just the artistry of it, but it seems almost too precise to be um, a mistake. Wow. So now I wonder if these doors could be gateways to other planets or other dimensions or something like that. 
Yeah, this stone is glowing with a multicolored light. Uh, it is not a solid color one way or the other. It kind of to be uh, is kind of shifting between all sorts of different colors. These doors were they also glowing with particular lights? They were not. They just appear to be locked, but you're not sure how. Okay. Um, I'll take a break from the stone. Were there any other doors in this area, or just those two? Just those two. All right. I'll back away from the stone and I'll head over to the doors and see if there's any telltale signs of how to open them or how to use the gym, if that's the case. Okay, yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll me any kind of investigation check. Arcana would definitely apply if you wanted to use that. Uh, they're both the same, so I'll just take okay. a plus five. And <laughs> 25. Oh, yeah. I know this. Yeah, you can definitely tell these are being held shut by some sort of powered magic. Uh, this is not necessarily an arcane lock so much as an arcade bar. I mean, there is there is nothing you can do to break these doors short of disintegrating them while this magic is still connected to it. Same and you don't have to disintegrate prepared today as a spell. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I really have no choice but just go with it and try to access the stone somehow. All right. Um, so let's let's uh, look at that uh, stone and see if there's any traps or anything on it. Uh, I'm, that's good for traps. 17 plus 5 for 22. You don't notice any traps, but definitely when you remove the stone, this altar-esque type platform uh, would definitely lose all the magic that is being connected to it. So who knows what will happen, but all magic that is powered by this will cease. All right. Well, I'll carry this, this stone over to the doors. All right. As you place your hands on the stone and remove it from its altar, the entire chamber goes black. And then slowly lights begin to hum almost with residual magic, but it is definitely dimming by the second. And the doors slowly rock forward just a little bit, as if they are heavy enough that they open on their own. Mm. Okay. Do I need to take off, like, moving in the instance they might shut, or can I just go ahead and stroll over? Yeah, you can... Pretty much everything quits. Uh, there was almost a charge in the air uh, of power, but once you remove that stone, it was eerily silent. Like when you don't... Like when your ceiling fan is running and you shut it off and that hum is no longer there, it's just uh, noticeably quiet. I can't help but wonder if I just ruined something amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this, well, um, and this stone is barely the size of your fist. It's not very big. Okay. Do I want to put that stone back on the altar or just carry it with me? I'm going to try carrying it with me. All right, you carry it with you, absolutely no problem. You stroll through the doors and you see that there's a large tunnel leading down and you hear the footsteps of four or five other people, uh, presumably four or five other people, down that hallway a little ways. Um... They don't seem to be any kind of threat or whatever. They just seem to be normal footsteps trekking along. I'm going to make a random animal noise. Cacaw! Cacaw! Yeah, you hear <laughs> the... them recognize my voice. Exactly. You hear the this, this startle of footsteps shuffling slowly as they come to a halt and kind of a look around and, and you hear a, norm, a nervous voice that you recognize that says, Did you hear that? Birds aren't supposed to be down here. <laughs> they are if they're named Barnaby Hardcastle <laughs> and I will kind of move forward and stroll down to meet them 
you continue to stroll down and you pass through what you can only imagine is an illusory, illusory wall as uh, you can clearly see them, but they can't see you until you pass through and they all startle uh, as you walk through and they are overjoyed that uh, you have in, uh, joined them once again and you guys are very easily able to make your way out of this ruin and back up to Shard Academy. They are very inquisitive as to what happened and after they see the stone, you see one of them that you know is more magically inclined than the others startles and says, you need to get that to the Mages College right now. Is that so? What is it? It's a stone of power. It's, 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 this is what makes up the float aisles. We, we don't know what it is. You need to get it there right now. Oh, well, I'm definitely not going to dilly dally. Um, so we'll go ahead and drop that in the satchel and let's go lads. All right, you get the party to follow you and you continue all the way to Port City. Is there anything you would like to do here in the city before we end? I do have the dagger that I collected uh, from one of the traps, so I will make sure to take that and present it to, I don't know whether it would be uh, the, like the curator of the museum or if they have like a reception staff to make sure that that gets them, uh, but obviously drop off the gem first to the college. So we'll get that dropped off first and uh, ask them to, you know, hey, make sure that I'm included on the report. I'd like to know what this was so I can add it to my resume. Okay. As you uh, approach with that stone, uh, you don't even get it past the front desk with it in your hand before there are about 12 mages surrounding you, all asking you a bazillion questions. Uh, The dagger is all but forgotten. Uh, Somebody in the uh, investigation or the knowledge center uh, would pass you a couple gold pieces just offhandedly for the dagger uh, for finding it, but they are all just transfixed on this stone. Uh, and we will pick up with you learning more about it when we do our first session. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much for joining me, Mike, and hopefully we will do the first game here very soon. Thank you, Bob. This was a blast. I enjoyed myself greatly. Glad to hear it. See you later. Thank you for listening to this introduction of The Chaos Plan. Hopefully we will be very soon starting to record the full games, and once we do, they will be available for listening up on our Patreon account. We hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, I know this is a ton of fun for us here, and we are open to bringing in absolutely anybody that wants to. Just join our Patreon account, and we promise that you will be a part of the Chaos Plan game. You will get an intro mission like this, and then at least one group mission, and when scheduling works out with everybody, we can get multiple groups going, as this isn't going to be one continual storyline. This is going to be a series of one-shots that all meld together into an overarching idea and campaign. So if this is something that interests you, if there's a homebrew you really want to play, if there's a class, a race, something that really resonates with you you, that you think would be a lot of fun to bring here, we encourage you to join the Patreon, put it up, and we will make it happen. Uh, You will also get a custom magic item that will grow with you throughout the campaign, And you can help use that item to shape the adventure in what you do. So if this is something that you feel interests you, please, please, please join our Patreon account. And we would be more than happy to get you on the show here. To do that, go to patreon.com slash adventuringguild. And I hope to see you there. 